0: Good morning, this is Bennett Kelly broadcasting live from the Internet Law Center here in the heart of Silicon Beach, downtown Santa Monica. Please be seated. we got a great show for you today. Uh, we're, as our first um, edition of our Miami Book Fair series, we have with us Bill Press, um, the um, radio host and commentator who has two books out right now. Um, from the left a life in the crossfire and trump must go the top 100 reasons to dump trump and one to keep him and um, we're thrilled to have him but before we bring him on just one quick note Um, our show has been proud to promote issues of freedom of the press and uh abroad we've had a number of people on to talk about press freedom particularly internet press freedom we've also done some shows on human rights in saudi arabia and we were proud of our work in that regard and um, we had a show on um Ra- raif dawi who's the uh, imprisoned blogger there and so we we just want to express our firm condemnation of what's happened with journalist um jamal khashoggi's his murder in the uh, saudi embassy in turkey And uh, condemn the Trump administration for really not taking a firm stance on this. As Frank Luntz noted, President Trump has taken a harder stance on Canadian milk than on Saudi murder. And it's just a real shame. It's an embarrassment. But um, so hopefully um, uh, someone will speak out more forcefully on that. But we're glad to have with us today Bill Press, one of the founders of Crossfire back in the day. And he's got two books that are got a lot of people talking and Bill are you with us?
2: I'm here indeed Ben and it's great to join you. Um, I miss Santa Monica
0: <laughs>
2: so uh, even to join it uh, uh, with a, a telephonic conversation is a great joy thank you and I, I just want to echo your thoughts about just briefly we can talk more about it but it is unbelievable to me you know we can differ in politics and policy and personalities but I never thought we would get to the day when we would uh, have to uh, beg the president of the United States to condemn cold-blooded murder by one of our allies of a leading journalist inside their embassy, you know, tortured, beaten, murdered, body dismembered, and Donald Trump cannot bring itself to condemn them.
0: Because, right, I mean-
2: Because he says we have these arms deals with Saudi Arabia, and we can't screw the arms deal. And also because, let's face it, Donald Trump over the years has gotten millions and millions and millions of dollars from Saudi Arabia. They're so one of his biggest sources of, of income and uh, it's just disgusting. The man yes, has, I no, mean, and, the man has and, no moral compass whatsoever.
0: And when I'm quoting Frank Luntz, a yes. Republican pollster, when, when that is, when someone, even Frank Luntz is outraged, uh, yeah, that that speaks volumes. I think even Lindsey Graham. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I I thank you for saying that, and thank you for your um, uh, your, your cross. I, I want to
2: add one other thing. I guess you know I know we're going to talk about one of my new books, the Lewis is Trump Must Go: The Top 100 Reasons to Dump Trump. Well, now it's this, 101.
0: This, yeah, <laughs> this edition? is another
2: one. 101, 101 for sure. I mean, it it is it, just again, uh, totally on un. un- Unbelievable um, that that this time has gone by and the president still has not brought himself uh, to condemn this. And I also think there's another factor, which is his his Trump's constant attacks on the media and calling the media the end of the American people. I think that resonates around the world. And it I'm does. not holding him responsible, but I think there are dictators and brutal. Uh, you know, leaders around the world who who hear that and they see that and they say, "Well, if Trump can do it. I can do it. You know, right. I've got a green light to attack journalists." That's, uh,
0: that's exactly that's, this
2: it. Is, this is one of the things that you you talk a lot about. I know, and their attacks on journalists have have actually increased around the world since Donald Trump's been in the White House.
0: And it's it's interesting, you because know, we had the whole incident in Annapolis, you know, the the horrible thing. Yes, and um. You know, people were saying. Granted, the guy was deranged, but you know, people were saying that someone is going to get killed because of Trump. And I, you know, obviously this was not perpetrated by Trump, but I, I, I have to think that Saudi Arabia believed they could they could get away with this because of Trump. Totally. And and totally. and actually, it may ultimately do so. I but mean, you that's You know what? The I was I going to say.
2: I think they're right. Yeah. I think they're right. I mean, I think what the White House wants is they just want this to. Go away, right? They want it to be just like a blip in the road and bump in the road, and and then we start talking about something else, right? They'll try to change the subject and just basically forget about this. And I hope we don't. Uh, and, they, and I think I, it's important for all of us to keep the keep the pr- pressure on and um and de- demand answers and demand some action.
0: So um to get into your books. Uh, it, it was really interesting to to read it. We actually have a very similar background. we uh, both from you know Irish Catholic families, and uh, in um, in large northeastern states, um, and uh, and I say that facetiously. You're from Delaware. I was just going to uh, say, I,
2: mine's a small northeastern state.
0: Well, it's a large state <laughs> to me since I'm from Rhode Island. But oh,
2: um, <laughs> so is my wife from Rhode Island. So we are, but we are Delaware. I'm Delaware. She's Rhode Island, and we met in San Francisco. So,
0: <laughs> I I met Joe Biden once at an event, and I said, when he was uh, running for president in uh, 2008, and uh, the very briefly, as you may recall, and uh, yeah. I, I said to him, I said, you know, after you know, Clinton getting to the White House from Arkansas, and if you can get to the White House from Delaware, you have no idea what that means to a boy from Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's good. Well, you know, maybe Joe will make it next year. Next time who around. Who knows?
0: Who knows? But um so I mean you you have this this transformation actually in in you went west. Um you 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 started pursuing uh, a vocational career and I'm actually I'm named after a priest so I I, <laughs> I I I know a thing or two about that. Um and ultimately you you go west and discover politics and 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 your wife
2: yes in fact i had discovered politics i did discover politics at an early age but then when i joined my my father my grandfather was the mayor of our small town in delaware a little town called delaware city and i first was intrigued by politics just watching him as a mayor i mean this is a town of 1200 people right we're not talking major responsibilities certainly not a full-time job, but my first memory of him is riding with him in his pickup truck, or maybe my most vivid memory, riding him with his pickup truck and being stopped by somebody complaining about a pothole in the street, and my grandfather saying, we'll take care of that, right, I'll send somebody right over, and I thought, oh man, you know, even (laughs) as like maybe a six-year-old, boy, this is power, my granddad's got real power, right, and then in high school, I, I was intrigued by politics. I actually had a chance to interview John F. Kennedy when he was a senator.
0: Yeah, I saw came the to, picture in the book. That's great. Yeah,
2: came to Wilmington, Delaware, to, to, to give a speech at the Jefferson Jackson Day dinner, um, and so I was intrigued by politics. And then when uh, graduating from high school, I went into the seminary. I politics had to go on the back burner. You know, we were not allowed to talk politics or um certainly not get involved in politics. But when I got to San Francisco, um I, I, I left the seminary, went as far away from Delaware as I could get to start a new life, went to and San it, Francisco.
0: It was the summer of love, I think you said
2: it, it Arrived. I left the, the monastery <laughs> and arrived in San Francisco in the summer of love.
0: So. What can go wrong? <laughs> uh,
2: and and then, you know, um I was teaching high school uh, and uh, teaching French, and then I read one day about, I mean, and I was very much involved in anti-war protests, which were uh, pretty pretty intense in San Francisco, and I read one day about this senator i never heard of before, who was a former seminarian from Minnesota. Who was daring had dared to stand up and challenge Lyndon Johnson over the war in Vietnam, and that was Eugene McCarthy and I next day went down and that was my very first campaign and volunteered for eugene mccarthy and and from then on, I never went back to teaching. I just made I love politics so much that i i I just stayed involved for until this day, I should say,
0: yes, until very much. you know it's funny, um I went to. I went to see Lawrence O'Donnell give a talk on his book about yeah. the McCarthy campaign. And what was interesting about it was it was the day after the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, and he, so he gives this, this whole lead up about how there's this whole misnomer, misperception that McCarthy won New Hampshire, and he did it. But by becoming so close against an incumbent president, you know, that in essence was winning.
2: Yeah, that was it. I think he got like 42 percent of the vote, as I recall. Right,
0: which clearly wasn't winning, but no. historically right. that's how it's recorded. And so, um, yeah, I'm a, as a New Englander, I, I my first comment to him was, "So coming close and is almost is is essentially the same as winning." As a Patriot fan, I take great comfort in that.
2: <laughs> that is funny. It's not only that, and as I point out in the book, my book. Um, uh, we're talking about now my first book this year, <laughs> From the Left, uh, A Life in the Crossfire, which of course refers to my days at CNN as co-host of Crossfire, that over the years I've supported more people that lost than won, I believe.
0: And well, I've you yourself learned, have run a few times.
2: I, I ran statewide in California for insurance commissioner uh, in 1990. Uh, and lost, but I learned a lot from that loss, but I've learned, I think I've learned more from people who did not win than people who did win. Notably, I just, to the pop into my mind, Jerry Brown. Um, I was working for Jerry Brown uh, in state government. He recruited me uh, to go off on his first run for president in 1976. Uh, it was a very strong campaign. I think if he had gotten in earlier, he could have beaten Jimmy Carter, and I think he might have been I elected president true. of the United States. Yeah. Um, but I learned a lot from that campaign, and Jerry, of course, has gone on. You know, He's at the peak of his career right now. I mean, sadly, he's gone out of office in another couple of months. And then the most most recent one I was involved in was Bernie, the Bernie Sanders campaign. And uh, Bernie didn't win, but he certainly... Changed American politics all for the better, I believe. Um, has has a huge impact on the the issues that people are talking about today. The candidates who are running today. Uh, a lot of it is because of you know the, um, the example of Bernie Sanders. So you don't you don't always have to win to win, but I think it's better to win than,
0: it is, than it lose. Is, Yes, <laughs> it beats the alternative. I think it, is how it, they it say does. it. So <laughs> right. you but you rose you were um, party chairman in California and For three um, years and an interesting time um, you, you know, were the, go ahead.
2: yeah if I, if I may. so I I was you know I was, as, as I mentioned I was a political junkie but I never was involved in the party right as such I never went to I never joined the party uh, uh, local clubs or anything never went to meetings, but I got a call from a man by the name of Phil Angelidis, who was the Democratic Party chair. And at that time, this is 1993, at that time, the the chairmanship had to rotate every two years north or south. Uh I was living, I was working at KABC in Los Angeles. No, by that time I had left, that's where I started, KABC, my television career. But then I was at KCOP, Channel 13. And I was living in uh, West Hollywood. And Phil called me and said that he had to give up the post because that was the rule. And they needed somebody from Southern California. And somebody s- suggested me. <laughs> and would I be interested? Uh, and again, never having been. Involved with the party, but I thought, wait a minute here. Bill Clinton was just elected president. Oh, yeah. Diane Feinstein was just elected. Senator. You're
0: the woman, boxer. Barbara
2: Boxer was just yeah. elected senator. This would be a good time to be party chair, uh, and indeed it was. Um, and so I ran for it and won, and and I was party chair for three years until I uh, got a job at CNN as the co-host of Crossfire planning to continue, by the way, to be party chair, and just because I was, my first year was every other week, not not full-time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was rotating with the great Geraldine Ferraro, uh, and so I figured I'd still be party chair, but CNN said, no, you got the job, but there's one condition, you've got to resign as party chair of California. So, but it was a good, good run and a good time to be party chair, as you say.
0: So you came east as I came west. So I came, <laughs> I came to California um, officially, finally, the week before the '94 election. And, oh,
2: really? Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then, um, and then got involved. I, I did had done fundraising for Clinton, and uh, I founded a, um, kind of the yuppie fundraising arm of the campaign, and the DNC wanted me to do that in California. Um, since I was moving out there, you know, for, for my legal practice, and um, so that I jumped in. So I, I dealt with Art, your successor, uh, yes. in that regard. But uh, I do have a. We're I talking
2: w- about Art Torres. If I, yes. I mention that, and again, I had to leave at by the way, like less than a week to to wrap everything up and get out. Of it. Once I got the job, uh, I was told I had to report in Washington less than a week, and wow. I needed. I needed someone who could take over, uh, and Senator Art Torres was had run for, I believe, state controller or something, and had lost that election. So I knew he was available, and um, uh, and I tapped Art to take my place, and Art. Served for the next, I think, 14 years as state he chair. He
0: had quite a run, yes.
2: They changed the rules so that you didn't have to rotate every two years.
0: And right, uh, and then, Art I think was it's a great it's, chair, it's, great, great It stayed guy. south pretty much since then. Yeah. But um, so I was, well, before, before we got online, I was talking to my producer about Election Day 92 in D.C., and I worked on the same block as uh, your Crossfire counterpart, Mr. Novak. And uh, Election Day 92 was just a a glorious day, Um, like 70-some degrees in D.C. And uh, I was coming back from lunch with some Clinton friends. Um, We had exit polls were quite promising, so we are all beaming. And I had this obnoxiously large uh, Clinton um, button on my jacket. And uh, so we're both stopped at the next, standing next to each other at the, the stoplight waiting for to cross. And I noticed him look down at my button and kind of scowl. And I just said to him, I said, nice day, isn't it? And, and he just scowled some more. But um,
2: That's a but, very funny story. I could see him doing that.
0: Yes. But, you know, so he, he also had a Catholic background.
2: Well, he was a Jew who converted to Catholicism. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, it was, <laughs> it, in fact, I used to give him a hard time uh, for, many, for many reasons. I gave him a hard time, <laughs> although Bob and I became very good friends. And he's the, he's the hardest working journalist I ever met. You know, he, he had better sources. And at, at that time, he was doing three shows on CNN. He was writing five columns a week. Uh, and and doing probably two or three paid speeches a week. You know, he just never never slowed down. Um, but I I always used to give him a hard time when he became a Catholic because he took it so seriously. And I said, Bob, you know, Jesus, you know, just slow down a little bit here. Like on Ash Wednesday, he would wear his ashes on the air. Right? He would not <laughs> wash his
0: face. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, so converts are known to be the That's zealotry.
0: right the zealotry of the converts.
2: So I uh, I have to I have to a quick story that uh at Bob's um there was a mass when he uh converted into the to, to, to the whole ceremony.
0: Probably St. Matthew's. At,
2: uh, I think it was the St um oh no the one in Georgetown I
0: forget oh, okay.
2: where Tim Russell was buried. But anyway they were walking out, walking out of the church um Al Hunt,
0: uh, you know... Former L.A. Times bureau chief, yeah.
2: Yeah, Al Hunt, and... um, Oh, shoot, I'm blanking now on who who was walking... Oh, I know, John um, McLaughlin, of the McLaughlin Group.
0: Also a Rhode Islander from my high school.
2: Yes, um, and former priest. Yes. Uh, Walking out of the church, and Al says, boy, can you... I can't believe that Bob Novak is now a Catholic, and John McLaughlin says, yeah, now, we, now if we can only make a Christian out of him.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Which I thought was one of the greatest lines of all time. <laughs> that was <laughs> McLaughlin. Bob did have that reputation for being uh, well-deserved, uh, you know, for having the nickname the Prince of Darkness.
0: Yes, it was, uh, which I believe McLaughlin bestowed on him. But um, we're going to take a short break. We come back. We'll have more with Bill Press on his two books, his twofer, um, after these messages. You're listening to Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm.
1: Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors.
3: It's time once again to get ready for the 35th Annual Miami Book Fair, November 11th through the 18th. Learn more at MiamiBookFair.com. Over 500 authors will be coming in from all over the world to read their books, answer questions from the audience, and sign autographs. Award-winning luminaries confirmed to attend this year include novelists like Elliot Ackerman, Robert Olin Butler, Ingrid rojas Contreras, and Deborah Dean. Nonfiction writers like Dr. Mark Agronin, Muhammad al Samawi, Andrea Barnett, and Tina Brown. Celebrities like Justine Bay. Steve Kornacki, Bill Press. These are just a few of the confirmed 500 authors scheduled to appear at the 2018 Miami Book Fair, November 11th through the 18th. Check out the full of events right now at MiamiBookFair.com. That's MiamiBookFair.com. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco.fm. ASCO at WMR.FM.
1: More refreshing talk radio on air and on demand 24 7. Webmasterradio.FM. We're everywhere. The best gavel to gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Only on Webmasterradio.FM.
0: And we're talking with Bill Press, who is the uh, nationally syndicated radio show, the Bill Press Show, simul- simulcast on Free Speech TV, and he's former co-host of MSNBC's Buchanan and Press, CNN's Crossfire, and the Spin Room. And um, he has two books: um, from the left, "The Life in Crossfire," and "Trump Must Go: The Top 100 Reasons to Dump Trump and One to Keep Him." And which I actually disagree with the last one, but. Um, <laughs> here's my point on that we'll, we'll, then I'll, I'll go back to the crossfire but uh, the reason to keep on you say, is because you're worried about Pence and I, I hear that a lot um, but everyone forgets that Pence was going to lose re-election as governor of Indiana True. he was not a very effective governor and so I, I do think if anything should happen in the remaining portion of the Trump term and he becomes president I, I don't see him being an especially effective president and and i do think there would be some benefit to not constantly being on edge of you know what chaos might happen tomorrow
2: well uh, uh, you know you certainly make some good points there but um i think that um, the, here and part of that assumption is that he would still be dealing with a republican congress he's a former member of congress he i just think pence is a very very dangerous man and um and with his uh, with his exec- his congressional background, his executive background in Indiana, uh, that he would be able to make some deals with Paul Ryan and um, and and Mitch McConnell that even Donald Trump was not able to make um, uh, for the for funding for the. I think if Pence had been there, we would have had the repeal of Obamacare. If Pence had been president, I think we would have funding for the wall by now. Yeah, um, but. You know, I must say, Ben, um, that I I mentioned this <laughs> fear of mine to Maxine Waters, whom I love, right, and who's been one of the first ones to speak about uh, impeaching Donald Trump. And Maxine's response, uh, I, it's hard to disagree with. She said, look, Bill, yeah, Pence is dangerous. But she said, let's get rid of Trump, and then we'll go after Pence. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, there is that. I mean, first of all... It, about Maxine, if you haven't met her, you don't, you, she's actually very funny.
2: She is,
0: yeah. Um, and so I think that get, that gets lost in the whole theatrics of it all. But um,
2: And she's very smart, too, you know, she really is. She's, let me tell you, she's been a very effective member of Congress for a long time, you know. Uh, she's really delivered for California and
0: for her oh, district. She just, yeah, she has the respect of her district. Now, and it, it's, if there is something that brings Trump down, it's going to be hard to see how Pence won't be implicated.
2: Well, that's the other thing. Certainly, uh, if it's Robert Mueller, right? Right. Um, and his report says what we maybe hope or think it's going to say. You know Trump, uh, maybe not during the campaign, but certainly in the White House, he's been involved. I mean, in terms of obstruction of justice, you know, yeah. I knew what was going on, uh, and if I, I even think during the campaign, if there were contacts with, with which I believe we've seen, there certainly, there certainly was the intention or uh, interest in colluding with Russia, even if right. right? it never actually happened. Uh, but it wasn't their fault that they didn't get what they wanted out of that famous Trump Tower meeting, for example. Right. They certainly tried, right? and they went in there knowing what it was all about and that was collusion. I mean, that in itself was collusion. I I thought we saw like 50 minutes of collusion when Donald Trump was standing alongside of Vladimir Putin in Helsinki.
0: Oh my God, yes.
2: If that wasn't colluding with the enemy, I don't know what is, right?
0: I mean, either way, it was shameful, the fact that
2: so I it mean, could be that Pence, yeah. uh, but if if it's impeachment, you only impeach one at a time. I, right,
0: I and that's and but so. that's the problem. If I'm, yeah, I mean, we'll, they may say we'll give you, we'll throw Trump under the bus. He's a liability, but we're not going to impeach both because then you'll have Nancy Pelosi or whoever, is the, the as the um as the president.
2: Right. Yeah, which which Republicans would
0: <laughs> would never do.
2: Would never do. Right. Uh, so I, you know, I, I still think that Mueller's report is going to be de- uh, devastating. I think it may focus more on the financial problems, you know, um, with and I think Trump.
0: that may explain more too. I'm sorry. I think that may explain more. It yes. may Explain why? Yes. Yeah. Because he, he, I think ultimately he may be he may be owned by them, um, either in a business sense or more, you know, a, a Godfather type sense.
2: Well, there are two things about it. One is, you know, Donald Trump Jr., as I'm sure you've talked about, once said uh, in 2008, actually, I think it was, he said that, or 2009, that they didn't really have to worry about the recession because they had all the money they needed from Russia. You know, that was their source of funding. I mean, he admitted that. And then back in, in, um, if you look at Donald, so there's the Russian source, there's also the Saudi Arabian source, which gets us back to where we started talking about uh, Jamal Khashoggi that, um, you know, Donald Trump sold his yacht in 1991 to a Saudi prince. I mean, in 1995, the Saudis bought the Plaza hotel from Donald Trump in 19 in 2001, they bought a whole floor of the Trump hotel in New York from Donald Trump. And I, I played a clip of my show that where Donald Trump, um, bragged in 2015 that he loved the Saudis. He said, you know, they buy condos in my buildings, and they yeah. pay me, they pay me $40, $50 million. I'm supposed not to like them? Of course, I love the Saudis. So,
0: but yesterday he is, tweeted he doesn't have any financial interest in them.
2: Yeah, yeah. Which is just, just a lie. Right. So, I mean, his ties to them go way back, and I think that explains his reluctance again to do, say anything critical about the Saudis with the disappearance or the murder of uh, uh, Jamal Khashoggi.
0: Wait, which kind of brings us back to Crossfire, because there's w- one of your Crossfire uh, counterparts, Tucker Carlson. Um, you know, he today is very strident pro-Trump on, you know, on the Fox propaganda network. And, um, you know, he wasn't necessarily that way when he was opposite you on CNN.
2: Not at all. And the question, I must admit, that I get asked more than any other question today as I move around the country, well, there are two of them, and they're related. What the hell happened to Tucker Carlson, and what the hell happened to Lindsey Graham? (laughs) Yeah. And they're sort of parallel tracks. Um,
0: One has a bow tie, or used to have a bow tie.
2: (laughs) Used to, right. (laughs) You know... um,
0: I maybe can't. we should send them bow ties. That might restore
2: them. <laughs> Put them back at a bow tie, right? Um, I can't. I can't really explain it. Tucker and I bonded and became really good friends when we were doing the show at CNN, mainly because both of us um, hated the, the the management at CNN, <laughs> uh, and we're fighting against them, and that's sort of our common thread. And we still talk. We still get together. We see each other maybe once a month or so. But um, I just don't. Talk politics with Tucker anymore. Um, and uh, I, I can't explain it. And uh, all I know is he's got a big job. He's getting great ratings. And so whatever he's doing works for him now.
0: But, it works, yeah. Now, um, were you there when John Stewart dropped his bomb?
2: Actually, no.
0: Okay.
2: Um, but uh, I think so uh, uh, without.
0: Did you agree with them?
2: Yes. Yeah. Okay. So so anyhow, what happened was, real quickly, is Crossfire was going along, had gone along. When I joined it, it had been on the air for maybe 15 years already, or not maybe maybe a dozen years or so. And then I was there for six years. And Mm -hmm. it was the, Larry King was the number one rated show on CNN. Crossfire was number two. Walter Isaacson came in who had zero television experience, right? Good guy, but zero television experience. He came from Newsweek, and, or Time. And the first thing, one of the first things he said was, you know, Crossfire, a great show, but I think we can make it better if we hire James Carville to be co-host and put it in front of a student audience at George Washington University. So he fired me, fired Pat Buchanan, hired James Carville, and Paul Begala, by the way, uh, and moved the show over to GW every every day in front of uh, three or 400 students. And so what happened is the show, cha- this was, so this became the new Crossfire. Right. It became a gong show. Instead of a serious debate over one issue a night, right, they jumped around from issue to issue, and the whole thing became who could get the biggest laughs out of the audience. And, and that that was that became the goal of the hosts and the guests, and it, it totally changed the show. And that's where John Stewart came on that new show, not the old show, the original show, the new show, and and told them, you know, basically you're a disgrace to journalism. What you're doing, you know, you're, and uh,
0: uh,
2: I I think was absolutely right. The new that's what the new show had become.
0: WWE, uh, and, basically, exactly. politics.
2: Exactly yeah. of
0: politics, right?
2: No, and I did the show a couple of times, and I hated it because it was it was so cheap, you know, it was so uh, you know, un- non-substantial, and and nobody learned anything. It was just kind of yucking it up. In fact, I don't know if do you recall, they actually had uh, they had they, they sounded a gong, you know, as if it were <laughs> like a wrestling show in between issues. They would. Sound the gong, you know. Now into this corner we go, and it was just disgusting. So, so Walter ended up, I think, destroying it.
0: It's the same. It, 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 it did have a new, good run. Yeah, no, it
2: did not. And it was the new president of CNN who came in. I'm blanking on his name now. It wasn't there that long. Who at first he sort of tried to ignore what John Stewart said, and then he finally came out and said, "I agree with John Stewart," and, and he pulled the plug on the show.
0: So. With your book from the left, yeah, you have you played a, a role in the launching of the, the Bernie Sanders campaign, and uh, it's by all indications, ours is there's going to be a sequel. What, what do you see going forward on the Democratic side for 2020?
2: Um, I see number one, probably more people running for president than we've ever seen <laughs> in any <laughs> recent election, for sure. So I
0: just know. to clarify things, I'm not running. so uh,
2: Nor am I. That's two of us <laughs> okay, who are Okay,
0: so now but. we're down to just a, a several thousand.
2: <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, the last couple of days, you know, Elizabeth Warren certainly indicated she's running. Uh, so exactly. Kamala, our, yeah. our senator, our senator, Kamala Harris, Julian Castro yesterday said he's likely to run. We know Joe Biden.
0: I'm thinking of it, I think. If
2: you and I start making the list, we're we're bound to leave somebody off. But, you know, I jokingly say that, like the Republicans last time, had to have a varsity debate and a JV debate. Right. Uh, I think the Democrats in 2020 are going to have to have varsity, JV, and middle school debate. And, Uh, and, you know, I'm not – yes, so quickly I was able to help Bernie, uh, whom I'm – firm believer in strong supporter of get started the last time i was proud to play just a little role in that by hosting a couple of meetings at our house here on capitol hill at the very beginning which were kind of shaping the asking the question should i even try this out right right but 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 i haven't committed anybody for 2020 and i'm not about to um i think it's much too early um I know who of all the. I like them all. I like Joe Biden a lot. I love love Bernie. Love Joe Biden. Elizabeth Warren. The, none of them I don't like so far. But I don't think we know the whole cast of characters yet. Um, right. To tell the truth. Look, if Beto O'Rourke wins in Texas, which I still think he could, he's going to be a front runner for for twenty twenty. Um, the kind of candidate that he is, and and the the. The message, his message, and, and his energy. Um, who knows? Maybe Andrew Gillum from Florida, right? So, I, I think there's a great wealth of candidates out there, and we'll see how it shakes down.
0: And then the you know the mayor of New Orleans, um, Landrew.
2: I, I love Landrew. Yeah.
0: Who has James Carville's daughter um, as his speechwriter? So, you know, there's there's pretty good pedigree there. Great pedigree um, there.
2: By the way, you know, someone I, I keep telling people to, to keep your eye on is Mayor Garcetti yes uh,
0: Eric's a friend
2: yeah Eric's a great guy and talk about I mean a long shot for sure but I really think somebody outside of Washington would be would be great uh, a mayor a, a governor or maybe even a, a mayor I think that has a certain appeal look we, both parties have done pretty well with governors right so that, if again, if Gillum uh, wins, I think he'd automatically be a major contender.
0: It's going and, to be an interesting and, race. And, but and there's Eric. also a, a different dynamic because of the California moving up its primary. Yep, absolutely. That, that helps Eric or Carmela or mm-hmm. whoever, you know, Ted Lieu, <laughs> whoever, whoever is running oh, God, from California. I, I
2: love, good, wouldn't we love to see Ted Lieu? That would be incredible. But, you know, Kamala Harris is, has had an incredible... Uh, has made incredible impact here in Washington in just in just a couple of years. And then again, people say she's not ready for prime time. That's exactly what they said about Barack Obama.
0: Right. Exactly. And you know, I have someone coming from the Clinton campaign, uh, you know, Bill, 1992. And I just remind, yeah, I saw the poll that had Biden and Bernie, and then one and two. And yeah, I, uh, I just asked how many people uh, predicted Jimmy Carter was going to win in 1974. Bill Clinton was going to win in 1990. Barack Obama was going to win in 2006. I mean, no one's. I mean, Clinton maybe more so than the other two, but it's so hard to see two years out.
2: Well, even then, but during the campaign, I mean, Bill was an incredible candidate. But you remember,
0: oh, up well, and down.
2: When, when people <laughs> wrote him off after the Jennifer Flowers thing, right? It was all over, right? They were writing his a political obituary. Uh, but he's just a
0: phenomenal. And champion. then the draft story came two weeks later. Yeah. Oh, right. and was, I forgot about Yeah. That. It was, I, I, there was a group of us that met weekly in Washington on the finance side. And uh, it got to be almost 100 people um, before Jennifer Flowers. Then it got down to about 50. And then the draft story came and it was about 30. And, in fact, the guy who ran the meeting, um, he, get, he was killed in a plane crash right after the convention, um, Bill Razor. And uh, he actually had his wife come to the meeting because he was afraid no one else would come. Wow. And uh, he passed around. He had everyone sign in. He um, said, some, you know, someday, Governor Clinton will thank you. And uh, so, they, yeah, that's how – there's 30 of us there. But, yeah, it's um, – but we only have a few minutes left, um, why don't I let you give you a couple of reasons why Trump must go?
2: <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, across the board, I mean, usually you and I, and, and tell me when we're uh, running out of, out of time here, but you and you and I deal with politics and we deal with policies and, and substance of issues. With Donald Trump, I think you've got to start with a personality. I mean, he's just such a despicable person. The biggest misogynist i think on the planet he's a compulsive liar uh he is a um a, a sexual abuser and sexual and guilty of sexual admittedly guilty of sexual assault uh and just it, it 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 he's demeaned the presidency in a way that you can't you can't encourage your kids to look up to the president of the united states anymore and and and, and say you know you've got to grow up to be like the president you just hope that they don't Right, but so that's on that whole personal front. It's just so embarrassing. But then on the domestic policy, I mean, his immigration policy, um, the 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 fact that he's undone and reversed every environmental regulation that uh, that Barack Obama passed. He you know, he's failing to repeal. He has gutted uh, every every key provision. Of Obamacare and the Affordable Care Act, and is now trying to get rid of the protection for people with pre-existing conditions. And then on the foreign policy front, you know, if you look at pulling out of the Paris Climate Accords, abandoning the nuclear uh, deal with with Iran, which really sets us back, uh, um, and, and in many ways, that Iran had given up their nuclear weapons for at least 15 years. And then I think the fact that he has alienated every one of our Major allies, long-time exactly. allies, and has is cuddling up to the the worst dictators on the planet, Kim Jong Un and Vladimir Putin, and Erdogan of Turkey, and Mohammed bin Salman of Saudi Arabia.
0: A murderer. So, um, a murderer. My producer yeah. says we we can go another ten minutes, but we have to have to take a quick break right now. Okay. So um, we're going to take we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Cyber Law and Business Report, only on Webmaster Radio FM. <laughs>
1: Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors.
3: Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. You are now tuned in. This is WebmasterRadio.fm.
2: WebmasterRadio.fm.
3: We're everywhere.
1: Synergize your search engine education from 101 to rock star level. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on
0: WebmasterRadio.fm. Well, we may be everywhere. Um, Bill Press is here, and uh, soon he'll be in Miami for Miami Book Fair. And okay. uh, just a few minutes left, we just Bill is telling us about his book, Trump Must Go, the Top 100 Reasons to Dump Trump. And uh, it, there's just so many to begin with. And just look at the Leslie Stahl interview. Um, his whole belief that climate change is reversible. That in the AP interview yesterday, that he knows better than um, the scientists. He knows better than um, you know, General Mattis on NATO. He knows, you know, I mean, please.
2: <laughs> the the ego of Donald Trump knows no bounds. I mean, True. it is just unbelievable. That, remember he said that the at the Republican national Convention, right, I alone, yes uh, can fix it um and um, and he does he actually believes that he believes that he knows more than the scientists, not that he's ever listened to any of the scientists, right um he believes you're right, that he knows more about him no he, he has said he knows more than the generals know, right uh in every area that he and it's it's well known. Uh, He doesn't read. He doesn't listen. He doesn't study. um, He he doesn't think, right? He just shoots off his mouth Um, and certainly doesn't without any regard for the truth. Uh, We've never seen anything like that. I I honestly wonder how anybody with any self-respect can work for him, can agree to work for him. Uh, they may, or, or certainly, not stay on the job, right? Uh, you know, and uh, I don't understand a guy like John Kelly, for example.
0: Where are you My on the problem. whole anonymous debate about you know there were some people who say, you know, thank God you you guys are you know, basically the guardrails, um, but other people saying you know have some you know, have some guts, stay, take a stand. Uh, I'll tell you where where I
2: am. Yeah, I'm a little torn in the sense that i'm glad there are some people maybe who at least reportedly um uh, uh, try to prevent his <laughs> maybe maybe save us from worse things that that Donald Trump might try to do but at the same time yeah my my real strongest feeling about that is stand up and identify yourselves and call this guy out right and and you know the british have this great tradition of honorable resignation yeah <laughs> this is a policy that I can no longer support I am resigning from this administration whatever it happens to be right uh, I wish we had that right uh, I mean, and we did noble... once
0: I mean Cyrus Vance stepped um... yeah.
2: down yeah good point yeah right but uh, I haven't seen there are people who've left this administration but I don't remember anyone who has said you know um, no we're not no. going to, we're not yeah. going to invade venezuela <laughs> i'm getting out or i'm not going to go along or no we're not going to withdraw from the iran nuclear deal this is this is important uh and and you've got what five or six or seven other countries involved and we cannot do it anyhow whatever or the paris accords we haven't seen that and these ivanka trump was supposed to be the voice of reason right yeah right. where was she when we were ripping families apart at the border
0: she was posting uh, pictures of her children.
2: Precisely, right. Uh, and now, who are the voices are standing out saying no? What uh, what happened at the Saudi consulate in 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 Istanbul is a moral outrage that we have to condemn outright. You know, as strongly as we can, and somehow punish the Saudis for this role. And instead, even even you mentioned earlier. Lindsey Graham. I mean, he's another one that's such a huge sellout. I mean, Lindsey Graham is now saying that we cannot no longer do deal with do business with Mohammed bin Salman. But you bet, if Donald Trump finds a way and continues to 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 defend the Saudis, Lindsey Graham will go right along with Donald Trump.
0: Well, the rumor—I don't know if you've heard this—is that Lindsey Graham will be the next defense secretary.
2: Um. I'm not sure that's. I have heard that rumor. I think the stronger rumor is that he will be the next um, attorney general. Attorney general. Yeah. In fact, I think the uh, um, the uh, Kavanaugh hearing was a, a that was a an audition. Dual, a, a dual job interview, right? <laughs> Kavanaugh was interviewing for the being interviewed for the <laughs> for or audition is a better word. Yeah, was auditioning for uh, the Supreme Court. And Lindsey Graham was auditioning for attorney general.
0: So we we only have he a few went, minutes.
2: I, I might point out he went golfing with Donald Trump the day after he made his big
0: rant. Oh God! Yeah, he's been going golfing a lot for someone who was yeah. quite critical of him months you ago. You cannot
2: you cannot go from being a McCain Republican, right, Donald uh, John McCain's best friend, to being Donald Trump's best friend overnight.
0: Right. It's like he buried his soul at Annapolis. It,
2: it, exactly. Good way of putting it. Absolutely, yeah, disgusting.
0: So we only have a few minutes left. I mean, are you hopeful about twenty eighteen and what lies ahead? Or you know what, what, what I am.
2: I, I am, and I, I am for a couple of reasons. Number one, because I think people are really seeing through Donald Trump, right, starting to uh, on a national level, particularly women. And what really, what really i I'm, I, I find very, very refreshing is. There is more excitement in politics today than I can remember since I got started in politics in San Francisco in the anti-Vietnam War protest In terms of young people, in terms of energy and excitement, and it's mon- mainly by far on the Democratic side. And um, young people are more involved. Turnout is up. A turnout in in the Democratic primaries in, 19, in, in this year so far has Democratic primary has been up. Seventy-one percent over wow. what it was four years ago. So if that holds and people really get out the vote, um, I, I think it's going. To, we're going to take back the House, and I still believe there's a, a strong possibility of taking back the Senate. Uh, you know, we have states in play in the Senate we never thought we were in play before. Tennessee, never thought. You know, even te- and and Texas,
0: even was, Texas, was, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. Federal Rourke. So um, I'm I'm very hopeful that w- at least we take back the House, and taking back the House means. Certainly, we'll be able to block any legislation, bad legislation, from getting to Trump's desk. But take back the Senate, and then we can also prevent any more Supreme Court nominees, God forbid, right. or any more judges, even at the appellate level or the district court level. So, um, but I'm I'm really encouraged by the energy. It is palpable. It's, we haven't seen anything like it in modern politics. That's exciting.
0: Well, if you're not fortunate enough to live in sunny California and you have a rainy weekend. We have two books for you. <laughs> ah, there you go. Um, Bill Press, From the Left, A Life in the Crossfire, and Trump Must Go, the Top 100 Reasons to Dump Trump and One to Keep Him. Um, look for the second edition with 101. <laughs> <And> <laughs> but thank you very much, Bill. It's been a pleasure having you, and uh, you've, you've been a great sport for being on.
2: It's been great, great fun, Ben. Thank you so much for the time, and uh... Uh, again, uh, um, fun to be in Southern California, even long distance.
0: Great. Right, thanks a lot. And so um, tune in next week for another edition of Cyberlaw and Business Report. Check us out on Twitter at Cyber Law Radio, where we publish our show notes and you can get more information about this and future shows. And check out the Internet Law Center, internetlawcenter.net. This is Ben and Kelly. Have a great week. Go Dodgers, go Red Sox. Bye-bye. Thanks, Bill.
3: The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine,